Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest, I have two guests tonight. Um, they're the host of a new podcast called Complex Ignorance. Mr. Corporate Will and Drew Corleone, thank you for joining me. Here. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. What's First of good? All, What's good, James? How are you? Good, brother. Man, I'm great, man. I'm great. How y'all doing? Blessed by the best. Doing well. I'm blessed. I can't complain. Amen. First, let me let me say congratulations on you gentlemen for launching the podcast. I've listened to y'all got I think five episodes. I've had a chance to listen to four. The newest one dropped either today or yesterday. Yeah, that was today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, it's today? It today, earlier this morning. Okay. That's why I, I'm going to definitely make sure I get on it because I really enjoyed the first four that I heard. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let's start with you. I'm going to start with you, Agent. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Drew. What made Josh launch the podcast? You know what? It was, um, we was on, you know, Clubhouse one day and, um, you know, we, we was having the group divide. And Jay hit me. He was like, yo, I, I need to holler at you about something I'm trying to do. And I said, okay, cool. Hit my line later. So so Corporate hit my line. He's like, yo, I want to do this podcast. And I have this idea because, you know, I feel like it's not a lot of exposure getting done on this particular topic with, you know, men, mental health, especially with black men. And, you know, I want to wanna have a conversation with you you know, since you, you deal with your mental health and this, that, and the third. And, you know, we, we had a conversation and the ideas went from not just mental health. We talking about, you know, how to maneuver through those things. We talking about men in relationships and, and the situations we face. And we really wanted to make it a, um, a men centered based podcast to where, you know, Mine is, we, we ain't talking to toxic masculinity, but we just wanted to make it to where other men can relate to what we're talking about because there's really not that many things out there, you know, for, for men to relate to, especially black men, right? So we wanted to create a podcast to make it a safe space to, you know, talk about mental health, therapy, the things we go through, you know, and, and just make it comfortable for other black men to, to, to feel okay to, you know, um, experience those things, seek help and seek those conversations. I'm a, this question is for, uh, Will, what made you ask Drew to do the podcast? Uh, sharp brother, you know, I've known the brother for, for, for a good, good period of time. Some years we go way back. Um, I know that he has an audience. I know he's a popular person with a great opinion, you know, um, that people listen to. And I, and I know I have the, that same background as well. So it was like, why not? You know what I'm saying? That's why, that's why we called it complex ignorance. Cause you're, we're going to talk about complex topics, but you're going to get some ignorance from us. And, you know, people know us for always speaking <laughs> our mind, shooting from the hip and being truthful and not having a filter. So that's, yeah. you know, that's what you're going to get from us on these different topics. 
gonna stay with you, Jay. Did you did you have you had any reservations about the things you shared on the podcast? Not at all. One, because uh, you know, if you know me, you know that I live my life, I live my truth, I'm honest about my my life, and I'm not name dropping. You know, I'm I'm not out here embarrassing anybody. I'm you know, I'm not disrespecting anybody and then also with it uh part of it is that uh i'm in touch with my inner self so when you're in touch with your inner self and you've worked on yourself you've done the work you know i know that our stories can be a testimony for other black men um you know who do have mental health issues or have gone through different issues like we've gone through you know that on the topics that we talk about What about you, uh, Adrian? Same question. Have you had any? Have you had any um, reservations about the things you shared? No reservations at all, because at the end of the day, these are situations and stories that I have experienced. They have happened, and they, they're the truth. I have not misquoted anything, and you know, same thing we say. I have not name dropped anybody because you know, at the end of the day, I want to respect the people that were involved and, you know, not, you know, exposed into any kind of, you know, unusual scrutiny, you know, I mean, now granted, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard from some people that I've talked about and, you know, it has not been a negative, um, feedback. It was more of like, yeah, I remember this, but I don't have any reservations about what I, what I've shared or what I'm going to share because at the end of the day, it happened. It's the truth. It's my truth. And that's just what it is. It's an experience. I'm going to stay with you, Drew. Um, how long did it take for you to, to start seeking help with your mental health? Oh, wow. It, it's been a while. So my first experience with a first, um, I'll say, mental episode, it was um, towards the end of 2011. And honestly, I did not understand that I was going through a, a mental episode, you know. Um, I was fresh out of the Navy. Um, I had no idea what to do with myself and my time. And like rolling to 2012, um, it, it got deeper. It, and, you know, I remember going to the VA for an appointment in January. And I remember expressing to them, hey, I'm having these feelings. I'm having trouble sleeping this and the third. My appointment was scheduled technically for eight o'clock that morning. I got there at eight o'clock. I didn't get seen until 5.30 that afternoon. And when I finally got in to see the doctor, told him what, was it, what, what I was experiencing, I was in there for five minutes. And the doctor wrote the script and he's like, okay, go down to the pharmacy, pick this up, this will help you. I really don't remember the name of the drugs that he gave me. All I remember was I had an altered experience. Hmm. I was not myself. 
So wow. I remember taking these medications and I, I started feeling different. And in that moment, and, and I'm being honest here, I'm just stating what I remember from that experience. What I remember was one night having a bunch of alcohol with these pills that they gave me for whatever I was feeling and to sleep and trying to um, overdose. I tried to overdose. Wow. And I woke up the next day and my, at the time, um, she, she was my ex at this time, but we were still friends and she still had the key to the place. And she came by to check on me because at the time, I think my mom's reached out to her for the simple fact that no one has heard from me for a while, right? And she came by, she saw me in the crib. I wasn't looking too well. She saw the liquor and the drugs at the bedside table. And she was like, what did you do? And, you know, she tried to get me to the ER. And at that point, I, I fought her tooth and nail against going to the ER. I was like, nah, because all they're going to do is put me in a facility and try to get me more drugs to feel better. And that's not what I want. Like, at this point, I was in and out of it, right? I knew what I wanted. And I knew what I didn't want. And, like, it took a while to convince her not to take me to any place. I really just want to detox on my own and just figure this out without that. Because it was like in that point, like when I look back at it in that particular moment, I understood I did something that I would not usually do outside of myself. So that was 2012. Mm. But there's been different feelings. I, I, I've struggled with depression over the years. I've struggled with the suicidal thoughts. I've struggled with the anxiety, the PTSD, everything. And um, 2019, I had another serious low moment to where I made another attempt. And by this time, I'm like trying to drive my car into the traffic of an 18-wheeler, mm. you know? And um, this was after a, 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 a night of binge drinking. And, um, you know, for, for, for people that heard this story, <clears throat> that heard the, the attempt story on the first episode of our podcast, they hit me up and it was like, yo, well, why did you never call me? And see, that's another thing. You know, a lot of people say like, yo, how come you never call me? I don't think a lot of people understand or realize that when you're in that moment, you're not thinking about contacting anybody. You're not thinking about being in contact with whoever. You're just thinking about what you're thinking about in that moment. So <clears throat> after whatever, when I finally calmed down and got my bangs right. I'm still in the state. I reached out to one of my other cousins who's in Georgia and like, it's like one in the morning, surprisingly he's up and we have a, a, a long conversation. 
And it was in that conversation that, you know, we, we unpacked our own issues because this was a, this was, you know, someone that I, I literally grew up with and, you know, the idea of seeking help came out of that conversation. So after that conversation, the week after I sought out a therapist, I specifically looked for a black therapist because I, I knew like in my brain, not to sound racial or anything, a white person could not help me with what I'm experiencing because my traumas stem deeply within black issues, honestly. So I sought out a black therapist, I found one, and I've been with them ever since. And wow. it's been a great journey. And honestly, like from that moment until now, I can honestly say there has been a lot of growth. There's been a lot of development. I am proud of myself for the progress. Wow. Man. That's, man, that's, because we don't, I mean, we don't talk a lot, but we talk often. So to hear this story is, man, it's, it's pretty shocking. Yeah. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to corporate now. Um, we're not going to go too much into your into your journey too much corporate but i do want to ask you what has been the benefits of you getting mental health help getting help with your mental health finding clarity um having a clear mind being in touch with myself and learning to be in touch with my emotions i think that's been the best part learning how to express my emotions express my feelings and not keeping it all, you know, boggled inside. And being able to do it in a positive way as well. Instead of just lashing out and yelling and cussing. Were you lashing out at like your family, friends, both? Combination of both, yeah. Or whenever I got in this, uh, like an argument or a disagreement, you know, I'd, I would give energy to, to a situation that was from something else from built up trauma you know and i I just wasn't conducting myself well in, in, in some situations wow you uh drew touched on something that i wanted to ask you um he mentioned that he seeked out a black therapist how important was that for you um so i'll tell you uh one of my good friends she's a psychologist she recommended that I get therapy. Um, so I went to the VA and at first I had a, a, a young black man as my therapist, but then he transferred out and he was like, listen, I'm going to recommend my mentor to you. She's really good. And what do you think? And I was like, well, is she black or white? And he was like, she's a white woman. I was like, well, you know, I kind of have reservations uh about that and he was like trust me i get it and he's and he was sharp too he's like you know give it a try when i tell you the last two years of because my first two and a half years were with him and shout out to him for recommending her to me my therapist now she's she's amazing truly okay. and i never and and i'll say that i was closed-minded ignorant to the fact that you know I shouldn't have, I should have a black therapist, 
but in hindsight, you know, she's really helped me and I'm glad I opened my mind to it and opened my eyes and, you know, and went down that path because she's been really, really great for me. How, how long did it take for you two to build a good rapport? Three sessions. Okay. Okay. How long is your sessions typically? Um, an hour. Wow. Hour every hour every week. Is it, it, it now did is this covered with your um because you're a vet? Is this covered by the VA? Yes, sir. I'm gonna ask you. A, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I want you to be honest. Okay. If it wasn't covered by the if it wasn't covered by the by the VA, would you still seek the um mental health um? Yes, I feel like I I I needed to. Okay. I'm, and yeah, it's it's top five one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Okay, I'm gonna come back to you, uh, Drew, because it's interesting that he had that that corporate has a white therapist and you have a black one. Is there a situation, Drew, where you could see yourself with a with a uh, white therapist or any other race of therapist for that matter? Honestly. Um... Personally, no, and and here's why. Um, no, no offense to white therapists or any other race of therapists. Um, I just feel like for me and for my experiences that I've encountered, and it's just not, you know, just with the military, no. A lot of my issues, you know, have been pre-military. A lot of my issues have been childhood situations you know so in my brain i feel like i could not go in front of a white therapist and express these things and they could really truly understand where i'm coming from that's not for me to you know i don't want to sound biased or anything but i just felt like from my experiences, I had to talk to a black therapist because only they could understand the situations that I was going to communicate. Okay. I'm coming back to you, corporate. Drew Drew talked about um there's some things. Drew talked about alcohol being a factor um with a lot of his episodes. Has that been a factor with with you? Yes, sir. I used to drink seven days a week. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. I used to be in a club Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sometimes Sunday for day parties. Sometimes two, three parties a day. Damn. Just wild. Just wilding for no reason. I mean, or, stepping or, back or, now. It, it was a reason. It was definitely a reason because... Okay. I had underlining issues that I was trying to cover up. And I'm not saying people that are in that lifestyle, that party a lot, have those issues, but because they may not. But I know for myself, I had issues that I was covering up. Why not go out, be free? It's not on my mind. Mm. You know what I mean? But when you go to sleep and you wake up and it's like, holy shit, I'm... I'm drunk again. Or the fact that what happens if you start having those nightmares after a night of partying? 
it just doesn't add up. Did anyone call you out about your drinking? I've had a few. I had a few of my friends call me out about my drinking back in the day. Yeah. What was your response? If I'm being honest, bro right here called me out about my drinking a couple times. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know what I mean? But, but, But the funny thing about it is he wasn't the only one. I've been called out multiple times. And then if you remember, uh, 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 James, what was that two years ago? Was that, what was that trail situation two years ago where I was stretched out? I, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. You were, nah, you wasn't there, but I was stretched out. Cause you know, I, I, I'll be on, I drank too much. Right. And, um, even in the moment of having fun, somewhere along the way in the moment, something came over me and like, you know what I mean? I kept, you know what I mean? Kept trying to max something and you know what I mean? Then I, then I go stress out. Now, mind you, hey, for everybody, this shit, this shit was a joke. I laugh too. I ain't gonna flex. I laugh too. But mm. if I'm being honest, something was bothering me at that point in time to where I got like that. Wow. Mm. Have you I'm gonna ask you a tough question, um Drew um Drew. Do you do you feel like you have a drinking problem? I used to. I'll be honest. Okay. I used to. Um, I can safely say there used to be a time where drinking controlled what I did and what I would do. Um, now, it, it it really doesn't. Like, for me, I'm in a place where I take a drink for the leisure. I take a drink for the relaxation. I don't do it to be done. I don't drink because I have an issue, right? I would do things back then because I was drinking because I couldn't smoke because that was that was the military thing. So drinking became my my coping mechanism while wow. in the military. Drinking became my coping mechanism. So even though like while in the military and you know what this probably needs to be looked at uh, across the board in the military too but even while we're in the military we we go through a lot of different stresses to where like after we get off work we go drinking drinking is the thing mm-hmm. so whenever you have issues it, it it was a a a known go-to fuck it go drink it was embedded in us. You know what I mean? It was basically conditioned to us. So, yeah, when you ask me, do I think I had a drinking problem back then? Yes, I know I had a drinking problem back then because when I look back at those behaviors and the things that I indulged in, yeah, that was that that, that was drinking problem behavior. Where I'm at now... I'm not in that space to where I result result to drinking. 
I do have my drinks every now and then. And, you know, I'm a cognac connoisseur. I love different brands <laughs> of cognac. I love different flavors of it. You know, I, I take part. But to drink to get drunk at this day and age, nah, man, that's not me. Okay. But I do still partake. But I'm not. That problem that I had then is not where I'm at now. Okay. I'm going to come to you, Corp, because I want to stay on the military. How did it, how did the military take a toll on your mental health? Sure, you do, you do them back to back to back deployments, you know, that definitely can affect you being away from your family, your loved ones. And even though you may have a support system, you know, with, within people, you know, your, your friends and family that you've created, created those bonds with, you know, you still go through it. I mean, I've done deployments 92 days straight out to sea. Mm. No land. You think that's not going to take effect on a human being? That's like doing a bed in jail. You know what I'm saying? We we just on a ship. Mm. You you know, you condition wow. yourself to wake up, look at the water, go to work, look at the water, you know, uh, go to lunch, look at water, go to dinner, look at the water. Well, what are you going to do in your free time? I'm bringing alcohol mm. out to see. I don't know about y'all, but I used to bring alcohol. I used to sneak my alcohol on. I'll tell you, I used to even dabble in allergy pills. They got these pills called triple C's. I used to take them Jones don't show up in your piss. 24 hour extended uh, release pills. Chlorocedins. Wow. Take wow. like eight of them. Be high as a kite. Don't even nobody know. Just fried. You, Damn, it, 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 uh, yeah, I take like eight of them. Oh, trust me, that's like nothing. Me and my dude just start doing them pills. We used to order. I'll tell you, we used to order them and get them shipped to the ship. I'm talking like boxes. I'm talking like I did fifty-two pills in a day before in a foreign country. I didn't know where the fuck I was at. Shit, fifty-two in a day. 52 pills because you would take eight that's how we would do it you would take eight pills at first and they're small like smaller than like skittles take eight pills and then you take four pills every hour after that wait let's take it a step further we all know about lean right i drank lean before i went in the navy they have a cough syrup called delson Another allergy medicine. You mix that thing up with Sprite. I let that jaw sit. Take that jaw to the head. Be fried two, three days when nobody know. I'm supposed to be working on weapons. Mm. High as a kite. Sometimes I'm missing, missing uh, overboard, over, over. What's it called? Uh, overboard drills, musters. I'm completely laid out somewhere Man asleep. overboard drills. Man overboard drills. I'm I'm somewhere laid out sleep. High as a kite. Never got wow. caught up. Never allowed myself to get caught up. But I used to get fried. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no problem. You want to drug test me? No problem. I'll pass. But I'm still going to get fucked up. I'm going to ask you something because that's something that that's not talked about a lot. I'm going to stick with you, corporate. 
do you do you feel like it's a little too easy to access drugs in the military? Because it's like it, whenever yeah. something is wrong, they give you a pill. But but understand, these weren't prescribed pills. You know okay. what I'm saying? That these weren't given. I had a homie like, yo, you know what I mean? I, I get high. I'm like, how? We get piss tested. He's like, that's how I thought. I take these. Yeah, this to connect. All I got to do is order them, get them sent to the ship. When that package come, I put them drawings up in my storage and keep it moving. Say no more. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to interject to your question, James, when you said how easy it is to get pills. I, I told you. I told them I had a problem, and all they did was write me a script, and they didn't even evaluate me. This the VA we talking about. So imagine. Now, I don't know how it is now, but we talking about years ago, right? So imagine how easy it was to, to, to get that joint back then. You know what I mean? Even if, like, somebody really wasn't going through something, but they could say something, and they could get them pills off a of prescription. You know what I mean? That, that that's that's all I'm saying. Wow. Whew. Damn. I'm gonna make a tra- <laughs> I'm gonna make a transition because man, we can. <laughs> we can- yeah, <laughs> you 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 you're gonna be on here a long minute with with the military issue. I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm you know I'm gonna I'm I'm come to you. I'm gonna start with you on this one, Drew. I'm gonna ask you both this question, but I'm gonna start with you, Drew. We we um we're in we're in a lot of social media spaces together, and I see brothers who um comment to you both like how the podcast helped them deal with something like issues that they're going through and listening to you guys help them get through it. How does that make you feel? Starting with you, Drew. Oh man, honestly, it it, it makes me feel great. And I say that because when we first started this, honestly, I had no idea how our podcast would be received. I had no idea what the feedback would be. And to hear the feedback from people, I've had so many people, well, people that I know personally that listens to the podcast that hit me and they said, oh my God, I'm so glad you did this. This is so relatable, this and the third. And then when we talk about the people that's in in social media groups, um, I think the one person that we've gotten a detailed review from was, um, well, I won't won't put his name out there because you know what I mean? We we, want to be confidential. But once he hear this, he know what it is. And he stated his own um, challenges with mental health. Um, he had recently reached out to a person and, you know, trying to get his own therapy going. And, you know, I, I, I responded to him and said, um, you know, my, my own um, journey with the mental health. And even Jay responded to him and said the same thing. And like, you know, when it comes to things like that, like, here's my thing. I'm a person that honestly, I kid you not, I have my own self-doubts. 
I doubt my own voice, right? I doubt my own voice, but then when I hear the feedback from the people that hear what me and Jay say, I feel a different way because I'm like, wow, I would never even imagine that so many people will value the stories me and this brother are sharing amongst ourselves and having those conversations, right? We're having real brother-to-brother conversations and we're talking about how we maneuver through those things. I would never think in a million years so many people would value that. Mm. So to me, it is amazing that a lot of people are showing the love that they're showing. You know, one of the things, well, one of the things I've heard from so many different people that the podcast that we have is is really what we have going is unique because there isn't a podcast alive that's doing what we're doing. You know, that means a lot to me. And I know that means a lot to Jay because at the end of the day, it's not no gimmicks. This is legit conversations me and this man are having about topics. Mm. What about you, corporate? Man, it's love. I actually had one of one of our, you know, all three of our homies hit us up today. And she was like, yo, I was listening to your podcast. And yeah, you know I mean, I started talking back and she forgot it was recorded. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I thought that was incredible. Um, I, it's been a blessing, you know, to be able to uh, touch people, you know, especially the fellas in, in, in these situations and bringing light to black, black men's uh, mental health. But, you know, along, along with the women as well, and it's opened up other avenues for us to be able to host rooms on black men's mental health and, and clubhouse and, and uh, different rooms. Shout out to our, uh, one of our other homies, you know, for helping us be able to expand our, our viewership with that, uh, with that being able to host the rooms. And it's just, you know, hearing different stories and being able to relate to different people, you know, it makes you open your eyes even more to this mental health for black men and, uh, and how black men deal with certain situations and how, you know, being, being able to do better as black men. Cause you know, I truly hate the stigma that you know, I hear niggas ain't shit and this and that. No, we are. We're, we're we're powerful. We're kings. You know, let's act like it. Let's let's get our minds together. Let's be on a you know, be in a positive path and and do good things in life and and impact each other and uplift one another in the right way. I'm gonna stay with you, corporate, because this is gonna be my last question. How 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 beneficial is it to now? Because there's so much focus being put on mental health. How beneficial is it that now not only can we have these discussions, but we could be comfortable having those discussions? I think it's beautiful. And once again, you know, I'm not a me and Drew aren't licensed uh, therapists. You know, we're just two two men sharing our stories and bringing awareness. Um, 
But the only thing that I don't like is when people attach themselves to a title. Um, we don't attach ourselves to titles. We are just staring, sharing our stories, what we've been through, and, you know, how, you know, possibly we can help other people, you know, Indeed. see the light that we saw and get the help that they may need to be Indeed. a better person. Definitely. Better mothers, better fathers, better men, better women. Why not? And also, you know, have a good laugh at the same time, too. Indeed. What about you, Andrew? Your feelings on it? My thing, I want this to be a, a platform and a segue for men. Black men to be able to be comfortable with the feelings and you know, like my man said, it's like when we when we look at things that go on within the black community and we go on the things that we go through as black men, right? Number one, we need therapy for a lot of the things we went through growing up. That's mandatory. You know what I mean? That's that's non-negotiable. Number two, we need to re relearn things of the things that we learned when we were growing up as far as like ha how to have certain conversations and how to have conversations to resolve conflicts. Hmm. I'm not about to get too deep into it. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what, what I want for our podcast to do is, to, you know what? Start those conversations. Start those thought process. You know what I mean? Me and my brother, we, 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 we go back and forth. We have these conversations. And, you know, um, he can check me on some things. I can check him on some things. It, it has happened before. B behind the mic. Hmm. He can attest to that. So my right. thing is, all I want this to do is to really encourage the conversation among black men to be more open with what they're going through to have more conversations with the people around them to what they're feeling, what's happening. And you know what I mean? If it's, if it's that heavy, please go find a therapist. It does not make you less of a man. It does not make you weak of a man. If anything, it makes you better of a man. It makes you stronger of a man. Amen. Let us stop hiding behind this bullshit of men do not acknowledge their feelings. Men, you hearing this? Seek therapy. Talk to somebody. Seek outside counseling. Whatever it is you do, iron sharpens iron. 
Find ways to make yourself a better man. That is all I have. Man, listen. Let me let me first of all thank you two for joining me, taking the time to do the podcast, be on my platform. I really truly appreciate it. And also, man, thank you for starting your own platform for for brothers to listen to because um your transparency and your honesty. It's been a help. So I really thank you, gentlemen, for doing this. Both both doing doing my podcast and being being strong enough to do your podcast as well. Appreciate it, brother. You gotta come on our podcast as well. Man, listen, you already know how I roll. All you gotta do is send me the invitation, brother. Oh, yeah. Say less. We got you. Say <laughs> Before Yo. we before before we end and make sure we tell the people how they can follow you, gentlemen, and how they can follow the podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Corporate Will uh, on Instagram uh, for the podcast. It's uh, I'm sorry, it's Corporate underscore Will um, for the podcast. It's at Complex underscore Ignorance. And we also have a room on Clubhouse called Complex Ignorance, the podcast. Okay. And if you're looking to follow me, it is Drew, D-R-E-W, Corleone 86. That is all you need to find. We are both connected on Instagram. Listen, follow us on IG. We're on Twitter also. You know, connect with us. We we around. (laughs) We love. (laughs) Again, gentlemen, I really appreciate this. I wish you all the best with the podcast and everything else you have going. Thank Appreciate you, you brother. And, and much, much love to you as well. And can continue this great journey of success for yourself as well with your podcast. I appreciate you. Much brother. love. Thank appreciate you. Y'all. For, for those who want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. My Facebook name is also conversations with Lamp. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple podcasts. Again, thank you all for your continuous support. You all have a great day.